Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. And I'm Celeste. And today we are discussing Series 5, Episode 2, The Beast Below by Stephen Moffat again um this episode is Amy's first trip into the future and into space um yeah why do they always do future first I don't they I don't think they always do future first um Martha had Martha had passed first Donna had passed first okay so we're we're even right now then cool yeah um so yeah i have to say i didn't remember this episode very well at all but i remember it being like not (laughs) i remember it being kind of meh but i actually i watched it this time and honestly this episode's kind of low-key based as fuck and I kind of vibe with it, like like re- real shit. Yeah, like, I mean, like, dude, this this is <laughs> this is an episode that I remember distinctly, but just because of the like weirdness of the ultimate reveal, and I yeah. remembered it being kind of mid. I also remember it because like Space Whales is kind of linked to one of our favorite albums. Um, yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I remembered it being really, really, really mediocre. Um, I, I I think it was a bit better than I was expecting. I wouldn't say it was great. Um, I'd say definitely the first half of the episode is really the strength of it. And then I'd say it kind of tapers off. <laughs> I honestly think this yeah. this one's really good. I legitimately, I legitimately think that. Um I think it's I was... got it's it's not it's not flawless. Yeah. And it's definitely got some jank, but I think it's very solid. I was um, surprised. Yeah. I was surprised yeah. by the feeling of being like this feels this kind of feels based like RTD Steven based. <laughs> yeah, but like but with the Moffat tropes and yeah, I kind of I don't know. What, what I think carries this episode is uh, the 11th Doctor actually having a damn character. Like, the 11th Doctor fucks in this episode, and not like Stephen Moffat yeah. fucks, but yeah, like... Yeah, he's a very... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Amy's good. There, there is some... Yeah. There are some interesting aspects about this episode that are heavily RTD, in my opinion. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just, like, visually. Visually, it's just very RTD. Like, you get that sort of grungy spaceship, like, people mm-hmm. living in close quarters, everything is kind of grimy and very worn-in kind of look. Um, and so that's, like, right off the bat. But also, there were a couple moments where Eleven felt distinctly tennish, Like, yeah. where he wasn't like how I remember 11 at all. He was very much talking almost in the exact cadence that, that David Tennant would use. Like I, I remember I, I watched it um, and I, I said out loud, he just acted like 10 because he was doing the like manic fast talking, moving his hands kind yeah. of thing, but in a very different way from what you see from 11 a bit later. Yeah. Early days. <laughs> yeah. 
I have this this definitely um adds like this this very much like it makes sense when you sort of realize that I think Moffat didn't know whether or not David Tennant was going to be going on for another season or not. Oh, really? So, I guess I think it makes sense if you think about it in that way of like, oh, Moffat didn't know whether or not uh whether or not uh yeah whether or not uh this was going to even be a david Tennant episode or not mm-hmm. yeah he had an outline like a arc outline for the series um so there's probably like holdovers from that and also like he's only this is the first time writing like his own doctor um so I can I can definitely see the comparisons, but it's also I guess just knowing what becomes of Eleven later, it's it's nice to see him kind of be more reserved, still see that sort of like childlike wonder, but still reserved and very clearly sort of put on to offset yeah. how like tired he is of all the bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah. when the bullshit comes up, it's great how he reacts to it, which is probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. But anyways, um, we'll get there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we start with, um, Eleven, uh, sort of holding Amy outside the TARDIS, being like, woo, look at me, I'm the, 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 whatever, uh, like, I'm, I'm cool doctor man, look at me, look at me, (laughs) um, I mean that 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 shot is almost it's it's very metaphorical in the sense just the way he keeps Amy like hanging on by a thread while showing off. Yeah, like he's literally like got got her as far away from him as he can get, like in the control room, literally like right outside the TARDIS. He's really making that space. Yeah, and it's like conveyed visually in that in that shot. Yeah, definitely. Um. Ah, uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, we see uh the Starship UK, which you know, very very sort of interesting idea. Great great looking design. Oh, I forgot. There's this whole pre credit sequence. I didn't even really like. It's a Doctor Who pre credit sequence. What the fuck do you want from me? Yeah, I, I like kind of forget kinda about just, them. It's, yeah, it's kind of just basic bitch shit, man. I will say, though, when I first saw the Starship UK, I know this isn't why it happens in the episode, but all I could think of were about, like, five Brexit jokes in my head. It's just like, wow, they really took it that far, yeah. huh? Um, no, Scotland exited. They said so. They said Scotland wanted their own. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And then Amy says, that good for help. them. Yeah, yeah. Side note, Stephen Moffat is Scottish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> okay, I do have some questions about that logistics because it's implied later in the episode that the Brits like only got out because of the whale. So does, does that mean everyone else on the planet died? And from this point... It's no, no, everyone else got out. The Brits are just incompetent as fuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Which again, in a post Brexit, yeah, in a post Brexit age, is like yeah, 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 fair so, enough. So like everyone else got the fuck out, and the Brits just like were the last ones left, and they're like, oh no, we didn't know what to do. To, to be fair, Starship <laughs> yeah, America like, probably we'll took fine. off and then got stuck in orbit, and then that eventually became Satellite Five. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh shit! That's lore now. That's like that's it. It's head cannon, yes. <laughs> You're welcome, internet. Um, yeah, no. Visually, it works. Jokes, jokes aside, it's an interesting idea. Um, and you know, be having it, it. It's just a passing line. They don't really reference it except for a few times. But it's just like climate change is the reason. Um, so, yeah. yeah. No, it's not climate change, I mean, isn't it it's solar like... flares. Oh, yeah, it's solar flares. But isn't it, like, the increased... Whatever. No, I'm, the I'm sun in a just class does that, change. The sun just does that, man. Okay. Ignore me. It's more <laughs> base than I gave it credit for, but still more base than I would have expected. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, so yeah, um, I, I guess it's kind of just for that gag, but it's really like, what is even the point of setting up like the doctor being like, no, I don't interfere. And then immediately, is that just supposed to be a goof? Yeah, that is was that... a weird, that was a weird moment for me. It felt very like, of course, of course we're going to get into Star Trek. Why wouldn't we? But it felt very prime directive-y, except no, we both, because it's... we all watched we all watch Doctor Who, so we know that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> also, we—it's literally the Time Lords' mo. That's literally their thing. Yeah, and it's literally the thing that he gets in trouble for when they capture him in the war game. So it's like, what <laughs> the fuck also, are you talking about, bro? <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like it's just there to set up the like saving crying children thing, yeah. and it's—it's just that's a very strong moffat like that's a very moffity thing like the doctor is so old and so kind and he wants to save all the children and then they just like it's, it's the fairy tale motif yeah exactly they really for like it it's it, it, it's worse later but they that i think that moment of like i don't interfere is very much meant to sort of facilitate that and it's very forced because it's just obviously not true and it's something Moffat's doing so you can later be like oh but he interferes for the kids because the fairy tale manic pixie dream guy this isn't creepy at all yeah <laughs> yeah I, I've noticed early Moffat there's a lot of like there's some narrative and like plot beats that don't make a lot of sense but since the theme and narrative is so strong at least for now I can yeah. kind of go with it, but then I'm just like, oh no, wait, that stops working after a certain point. Um, yeah. But I'll admit, outside of that one scene and like another scene that we'll get to later, I was pretty much in it for the whole ride. Yeah, um, I it's have just those little things that it's like, what? Yeah. Prime directed. I have. Yeah, I have to say it's a little bit like. RT, like coming back, it's like RTD. It's like, oh, there's a lot of good stuff in the RTD little scenes, and then in Moffat, it's like, yeah, I didn't remember these for a reason. What the fuck <laughs> is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> or like, I'd say Moffat is very 
like it, you know obviously rtd is very good at plots and narratives but i i feel like his strength was always like characters and moments whereas moffat is about yeah. these like themes and plots and when you start looking at the characters oh <laughs> oof oof how chowies um so yeah uh i do like his assessment of how uh like how this place is very clearly a police state feels it's like seven wouldn't have done it as fast but like that level of perception feels very yeah seven. Of him, like, he's walked into the room and already sussed out exactly what's and going on. And you sort on. of... Well, I mean, he hasn't com- he hasn't completely sussed it out, but he definitely has sussed out that yeah. something is and, up. Yeah, and I think that's, that was actually a very good moment, because it builds exactly on the thing from the previous episode of, like, look exactly where you think you shouldn't look. Um, and, it, and it sort of mm-hmm. builds on that thing of, like, mm-hmm. seeing the things that you are, like, right under the surface... And being able to, like, extrapolate that and draw conclusions. And it's a very different sort of skill than what Ten has. Like, because I I think Ten was a lot of the times just, like, you know, he's very good at, like, thinking on his feet and, like, sort of catching up with the situation. Whereas Eleven, you know, he's so far sort of very on top of things. Like, he's able to discern, like, right away, like, okay, something's up here. And, like, get some of the key, like, frameworks out there, like, immediately. That's happened, like, in the first two episodes already. Yeah. Um, and this time, we could do that without the weird camera thing <laughs> that I can't even describe. The Sherlock montage. That's literally what it is. Yeah. Oh, God. Can you imagine that, like... If it was, like, this is going to be a weird reference, but for, like, the Disney show That's So Raven, how, like, <laughs> once an episode she'd have, like, the premonition. Like, what if, what if that, 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 like, Sherlock moment just happened every 11 episode for, like, three years? God. And it gets a second longer every time. <laughs> Only a second, though, so you don't really notice that anything is up until it's been, like, two years. <laughs> um bbc hire me i need money <laughs> just just turn doctor who into like a self-parody <laughs> yeah um so yeah uh oh yeah and then there's the the sort of the first thing here that was like the first like hold on based though moment which is when Eleven doesn't beat around the bush and just straight up calls it a police state. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and it's interesting it's because like... you have like a lot of really base stories in nine and ten, but they never like use that sort of terminology. Mm-hmm. Well, mm, not that I can think 10 of. Ten wouldn't, nine would. No, no, like based based egoist not. I can't. No, it's not that they wouldn't. It's just that I don't remember any time when it was written into the show them using that sort of language. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, he tells Amy to go after this uh, crying child. Here's the throwaway line of, 
I uh, swiped her wallet uh, when I bumped into her. It took me four tries, but I got it eventually. <laughs> you see, that's that's the sort of like dumb or not dumb, but just like that's a good eleven moment that isn't yeah. like exaggerated <laughs> or yeah, too egregious. Yeah. Um. I think I will quickly point out that I, I think it's here that we see one of the um, smiler, half smiler, half human agents. Um, That's fucking stupid. That shit's it fucking yeah, stupid. That would... No, I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I just bring it up here because that actor has definitely had a glow up because he's like one of the three like major side characters in season three of Star Trek Discovery. So he's oh uh, man, he's made it. The Doctor Who uh, Star Trek um, pipeline strikes again. <laughs> again, oh, who yeah. was it the last time? I don't know. Was it? Didn't we talk before about like side characters from Doctor Who just like ending up places? Maybe I'm just confusing. It's more common. It's been. It's the game. It's, it's the Doctor Who to Game Star of Thrones. Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, since the Doctor Who to Game of Thrones pipeline, true, true. Yeah. The Brits. Uh, <laughs> Haha, ha, British. <laughs> the fucking the. Have you ever seen the one where it's like the the Madagascar like why are you white meme but like British is overlaid over white. <laughs> white plus, um, um, quality. Uh, so. Um, Amy goes investigating. Uh, oh yeah, there's a Magpie Electrical shout out here. That's pretty cool. Uh, th you know the uh the electrical the like TV company from Idiot's Lantern. Magpie Electrical. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, Interesting. Yeah, there's a shout out there. Like, I think there's like a radio or something that has the Magpie Electrical label on it. Um, That's a uh, Mag Magpie Electricals is just the future Apple, which is impressive considering Magpie fucking got atomized in the fifties. <laughs> that dude's fucking dead. Hey, capitalism endures. What can I say? Um. um uh, so yeah, uh, there is, Amy has a, l a little moment, which I like where she's like, wait a second, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? <laughs> like, uh, same as it ever was. Um, <laughs> can I just say, can I just say? I swear, whoever did the fucking, whoever did the fucking, uh, design for, like, the whale tentacle, I feel like that person has to have played fucking Half-Life, because it looks like the tentacles from Half-Life. Like, just straight up dead ass. Which I realize is... I'll leave that up to your judgment. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is a reference that nobody else other than me would get because I'm the only one here who's played Half-Life. But I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> um. Ah, uh, yes. And then we are introduced to Queen Elizabeth X. I refuse to call her Liz 10 because that's fucking stupid. And this is yet another case of uh, Moffat writing a female character that he wants to top him. Yeah. Like, just, just dead ass. Just straight up. Take the drink that's not vibrating when you put, place it on the ship floor. Uh. Also, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be, like, one of those... I'll, I'll be the radical centrist here. I I appreciate diversity in media, but to go like, hey, now the Queen of England is black, is just like, first of all, the press would have like several thousand years of field days with that because <laughs> goddamn yeah. the BBC. Um, but yeah, it was just a thing where it's just like, okay, like, you're, this isn't bad. I'm not going to go all anti-SJW dumb because that, that's, that's, that's stupid and that's not valid but i was also just like really <laughs> yeah no i just i don't like i don't like uh i don't like liz 10 because she's fucking cringe not because she's oh well, yeah okay I mean, also she... okay correction <laughs> she is cringe for like any time when she's doing like the actiony shit yeah She's <laughs> fine. Yeah. During the more like down during the more like down tempo sort of character scenes near the end that she's better there. But anytime it's like the fucking action shit, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so just... forced. Like she's just like queen badass. Again, just... person that Moffat wants to top him. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Two for two into his era, 100%. Yeah. Uh, what is it? 100% uh, representation rate. That was what I was going for. But another thing, <laughs> the thing that like oddly worked for me was like, at first I was just like, are you serious? You never noticed this, that this antique fit your face fucking perfectly? Like... Maybe you wouldn't assume memory wipe, but you might assume, like, am I a cyborg, am I a clone, or whatever. And then I just realized that, like, she's she's smarter than probably every other British royal in existence, because she's <laughs> from the future. But all of those in the past were also pretty dumb. So I was just like, you know what? It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, so Amy wakes up in a, uh, voting booth. Uh, there's actually, like, the Starship UK font is, like, what the BBC logo font looked like in the 70s. That was a nice little, like, hey, I recognize that callback kind of thing. Um, so good. Uh... You get, uh, so you get this kind of, like, documentary of, 
of like here is the truth and you can choose to either uh forget or uh protest you know i didn't think about this i didn't think about this when i was first watching this but now in hindsight now i'm just thinking of the fucking the scene in thor ragnarok where it's like you are about to meet the grandmaster <laughs> oh yeah that whole sequence yeah uh thor ragnarok is the best mcu film. okay Don't, but uh, also like me. um anyways the the protest the, the the vote doesn't even make sense because if you protest no, it well, kills you democracy um no I mean, that's that's pretty clearly <laughs> supposed to be satire no like that's pretty cl- it, it's meant that's pretty clearly supposed to be it's meant to be satire but it undermines also, the point of what they're supposed to be trying to do there and it it just comes across yeah. like, okay so it, it, it really undermines what they they because you know liz 10 is supposed to be the one who sets up this whole system and it doesn't make sense for liz 10 to include a provision that kills anyone who protests when she herself is like obviously concerned about stuff like she or like you know obviously that characterization fails a bit but the intent clearly seems to be that she's supposed to be a sympathetic figure um who actually like cares about stuff and that characterization is undermined by the fact that the protest button kills whoever presses it that's true but is it explicitly stated that she's the one that created it she might be facilitating well, not... it, but I don't know. I mean, it's possible. It's still it's still a sticky situation, narratively, with that. But I don't know that that hypocrisy or that like plot hole didn't quite come across for me. But certainly possible. Yeah, it it was like just what I thought of. Um... Oh yeah, uh, the doctor comes in is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Uh, uses the uh protest button and they uh they get joinked down into the fucking uh mouth of this beast um make your own search engine vor jokes here because i won't yeah yeah it's too easy. It's it's low hot. It's low laying fruit. I definitely wasn't just thinking about making a board joke before you said I was going to. <laughs> Original baby. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This one's net. Like I I can't look. I can't look at this without like it. Weirdly enough, like I don't even know how it is that. Maybe just saying that it's vomit alone is enough to make me be like, Ugh. but like, yeah, it, it, it actually genuinely makes me like, I can't like actually smell it, but like, uh. <laughs> okay. But also like the, the getting vomited on doesn't even make sense because you know when you vomit it's going fast and it's a lot like that would that should have killed them listen 
It's just a TV show, bro. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, we're, but we're the one I am like very passionate. MST3 dynamics of fictional characters. It says of fictional creatures. It's just a TV show. Says one of the hosts of a podcast we've been doing for like a year plus now. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Wait. I okay. I invite this. I invite anyone who cares enough. Is there any occasion where I nitpicked about something that stupid? If so, please let me know, and I will genuinely be like, oh, yeah, okay, you're right. Because I can't think of any off the top of my <laughs> head, but the likelihood is that there has probably been at least one. Damn, I'm really getting roasted here just because I have a, an intense passion for fictional creature gra gastronomics okay i see how it is man live laugh love pursue your dream kids shut the fuck up um so yeah uh more liz 10 cringe um, and then we get kind of, we get to the, the meat <laughs> of the episode where they Home talk. Stuck. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> uh, the story doesn't have an epilogue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, where, uh, we get to the real. Oh, I just realized what you meant by Homestuck. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> it took yeah. me it took me until like I was like, were you just saying Homestuck because Celeste? No, okay. I'm a fucking fool. Oh my god. Um Bakamitai. You know how it is. <laughs> Bakamitai. <laughs> uh which is uh they're taken to the Tower of London where there is this star whale that is the thing that's flying the ship uh and they're they're torturing it to keep it to move also it's fucking like taken care of by like wayward children who score badly which like feels part social commentary and part weird moffat fairy tale bullshit we don't kill them we just indenture them for an unspecified amount of time and then who knows what happens to them but don't think about that because the important thing is we didn't kill them even though this fate is arguably worse a fairy tale anyways sorry it will no it's just like the idea of this like this space whale that likes children and won't kill them oh no oh no um, oh no moffat <laughs> if you think about it the space oil is basically that, that's some edge posting right there i'm sorry no first off it's the four five six second off Whatever. no fuck you we're not doing this we're not doing this <laughs> Listen, I will saying, not let you metrics. I will not let you MatPat game theory fucking <laughs> dark bullshit into an episode that I like, Celeste. But that's just I won't a fucking let you do it. 
I'm just saying, you said the whale likes kids and doesn't kill them, and like, by that uh, that's metric, like four, fucking, five, six That's like fucking saying, like... <laughs> I... <laughs> I can't even think of something <laughs> stupid enough to compare it to because that's so fucking stupid. The the space whale doesn't use the kids. Well, don't they feed him? Yeah, but that's the British government using them to do that, not the space whale. Well, it was the British government last time. No, but they were specifically doing it because the four, five, six were like, "Fucking give us, like, give us kids, or we're gonna kill your entire race." I'm just saying there is a certain parallel there. No, there fucking isn't. It's, it's a like if you ignore. It's okay. I, I I get where I get where this is coming from. It's a like if you ignore all the ways in which it is different. Okay? Exactly. Uh. All right. I'm glad we got that compromise out of the way. Continuing onwards. Oh yeah, we get the fucking half smiler, half human shit, which is fucking stupid it was such a bad reveal that's an like, ass there's no pull. point to it that is just a straight up reaching into your fucking anus and pulling something out just straight up that was fucking stupid it's just like oh the the machine is part of the problem but oh no the humans that make up the infrastructure are also really a part of the problem except i completely pulled that out of my ass but and the, the episode makes no the effort smilers... to do that aren't fucking real people they're robots and like if you have you see, this the, is why the british no no shut the fuck up for a second if you have the ability to make what i'm assuming would be something like androids like with the level of like fidelity actually more fidelity than like data from star trek what the fuck are you using fucking creepy ass looking mechanical things which are supposedly confined to a booth to do your secret policing i like how we've gone full circle from celeste complaining about alien gastronomy to you nitpicking about the workings of british government androids who are so dumb they couldn't get their own spaceship off their own planet um... so they probably did something really stupid with trying to make cyborgs <laughs> and that's how they yeah. fucked them up i don't know no, I do like the idea because again, Actually, I, mean, I buy you that. Get the, like buy literally, that. it is said. Liz Ten literally anyway, says all these people should be dead because they're all, all incompetent. the other fucking That's the theme we're getting here. All the other fucking countries had already left to go to the stars, which means that fucking I don't know. Like Luxembourg or whatever, were able to make a better spaceship design. I mean, design Luxembourg than the is actually UK. the worst example you could pick because they're the head of the ESA. Just saying. Oh, that's where all the space all industry right. for Europe is. So, okay, correct. My still <laughs> my point. My point is right that the entire plot of this hinges. Yeah. Hinges on hinges on the fact that like the British British are so fucking incompetent that they were the last to leave and they couldn't come up with a good fucking design. Yeah. Never go to space. Which I just Kosovo find got hilarious. There them. 
Never go to Spaceship Serbia. Worst mistake of my life. Peter <laughs> image. Hey, at least, at least they got out of orbit. <laughs> like, I just, I find it so, this is, it's just so fascinating because it's so, like, it's both, like, it's uh, critical of Britain, but of also in a way of, like, episode, yeah, we're Jesus. fucking incompetent bitches who can't even do, like, fucking, yeah. It's just, I find that so fucking funny. But Liz 10 is cool. And has guns and uses no, she's 80s not. catchphrases. No, she she's not. She's not fucking cool. She's not cool in any way, shape, I, or form. I, it's okay. Liz I, meant that, like, I meant that ironically. It's okay. I promise. Down with the monarchy. Liz 10 is like the peak of rich LARPers. Like, she literally uh, just, like, gets to prance around playing detective, and she doesn't get in any trouble for it because, you know, everyone there is working for her. Um, and so she gets just this free reign to, like, you know, roll around in her silly outfits playing detectives thinking she's the sleekest motherfucker in the world, when in reality it's just that everyone around her is working for her and isn't going to actually stop holy her. Holy shit, you're so right. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. And that's why she's terrible and uncool, because she thinks she's the hottest shit on the planet, or on the spaceship, but it's literally just that she owns everyone who can stop her. Her her guns are just filled with, like, stun yeah. bullets. The, the, the smilers pretend to fall down. Yeah. Or no, no, the real- well, if she shoots the smilers, who fucking cares? They're robots. They can make more of those. Yeah. Anyways, uh, for all the dunking that we've been doing, I really do like this end part here where they reveal what's been going on and the doctor is horrified. Um, and you get like, it's a very like, I kind of wish that they went with this character idea for Eleven a lot more where his response to this is just I can't kill everyone on the ship and it's the last of its kind so I guess the most humane option for everyone is at least put it out of its misery and then like you get this like sense of like actual genuine darkness from him that you don't get before and, like, it's, like, one of the few times where I can actually really remember him getting angry. Now, that being said, I haven't seen A Good Man Goes to War in fucking forever, but and I also don't think that highly of that episode. So we'll see what happens when we get to that, but... It's also one of the rare instances of Eleven, or a Doctor in general outside of Twelve, being, like, actively, like, no, you're wrong, this was... And maybe he goes a little bit too hard, you yeah. could argue that, but it's like, he's he's not just like, he isn't just a tour guide who is like incompetent and just allows them to do or say whatever, and he's just like, tee hee hee, I'm the doctor, here's my magical space yeah. box, isn't this great? Like, and then, and then, uh, when, you, when you were talking about the choice that the doctor has to make, which is like, kind of a, like, semi no-win scenario, I just thought of like, if, if this was 13, how she would just leave. 
Just like, no, I'm not doing this. No, thir 13 would just leave just as like, nope, there's nothing I can do here. No, yeah, it, de it, no, it depends on which 13 you get, because you could get the 13 that kills the giant spiders, the 13... Oh, yeah, that's that's true, because 13 is so fucking inconsistently written. Yeah, you could get I didn't even one. think about that. You could get that one, you could get the one at the end of Timeless Children, who can't, like, stop a literal, like, universe-ending event, or you could get the one in the most recent episode, which I won't yeah. get into in detail, because it's still new and spoilers, yeah. but she didn't exactly care about um moral implications in her solution that much either so it yeah it, it depends never mind fuck me and it also it ties in very neatly to the fact that you remember that 10 had been on his own for a while um because you get that uh that thing where in the end it is amy who has to go no wait hold on for a second like, you're missing part of the picture here. Yeah, that's... And that's one of the few things I like... One of the very, very fucking few things I like in Series 7 in A Town Called Mercy, where it also shows that Eleven has sort of slipped back into that darker place by not traveling yeah, with Amy absolutely. and Rory. Um, it's probably better implemented here, but yeah, it does some good stuff with establishing Eleven as not the, like, carefree professor that he kind of comes off as he's still dealing with 10 baggage. Uh, yeah, what what Amy realizes is like, hang on a second, this thing clearly, like, it came for a reason, and that's because it wanted to help us. Now, admittedly, this, okay, so there's kind of the thing of, like, this is a Doctor Who episode, so in the end, like, yeah, they're not gonna be super, like, like, yeah, you fucked this up by, like, capturing this thing and torturing it. Um, so in the end, like, in the end, they kind of have to go with that happier ending of, like, in the end, like, yeah, it's still going to, uh, it'll still help you out, which, you know, I, whatever, fair enough. <laughs> it's kind of, a uh, questionable. It's questionable, but at the same point, I don't think they could go for a different ending considering the tone of the show. Or at least not in the way that they'd set it up. In the way that, like, if they set it up as in, like, it is the, like, the, the antagonists, the antagonist is the whale. And it is a sympathetic antagonist because it was captured and hurt. Then it would make sense. But the whale isn't even really any the whale isn't the threat at all. And so setting it up in a different way wouldn't fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if it, 12 would definitely rebuke them. I think 12 yeah. and nine. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like, I wish they went with this characterization of 11 more, but oh, well, oh, well, um, uh so yeah um i mean it, i think it's a little bit like i don't know i guess it's not that like weird for amy like i i'm just i'm trying to figure out like what like debating like is this like a little bit weird because like amy is like brand new 
but I guess she's still been like paying attention throughout the episodes. So like, I thought it yeah. was weird. I thought it was weird. Um, maybe it's just him being hormonal, but it was still weird and awkward. Regardless, it felt like it felt like needless anger just so she could then like do a thing which impressed him and be like sort of emphasize that the thing she did was cool and important and it just kind of felt heavy-handed i guess i think i i think i think part of like what part of what throws it off is the fact mm. that like um is the fact that like we know 11 went down a different route because like here's what i think i think if they like, it's, it's just because we kind of have the, like, it's out of character of hindsight, because this was Matt Smith's, like, second fucking episode. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, there's, I think you can approach this from two angles. One is that, um, this could work potentially later on in the season, because when, when Nine says to Rose after the shit she pulls on Father's Day, it's like, I'm taking you back, like, screw you, you don't deserve this. Like, obviously, that gets resolved, but that's also... That takes more time to, like, yeah. evolve, and it's clear that that doesn't happen. Here, that happens more at the end of... In, yeah. in The Beast Below, it happens more toward the end of the episode, so it's kind of, like, just a weirdly placed, like, kind of heavy note to hit. But on the other hand, I will defend yeah. it in the sense of, like, we're still setting up, like, Series 5 is the series of the Doctor as a fairy tale. And if there's any quality that Amy would be, like, on point, but also not on point as, it's that she thinks she knows who the Doctor is, because this is, you know, a Doctor who is very personal to her. And she happens to be right, both thematically and narratively, in this sense. So I think it, you know, it just depends on, like, what you're willing to, like, tolerate, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's kind of like it would make sense if it was something like like nine or twelve, but it's kind of out of place with eleven just because of how eleven yeah. would go on. To and be that brings up, I think. That brings up an interesting that's, point that's because my take on one it. of the things Matt Smith has said is that it, that one of the things that was planned for his doctor if he had stayed on for series eight is that he would have gotten a lot more cynical and mean because of his experience, you know, fighting another war on the planet christmas but whatever like at, at least the mean part would make sense you know so that it it, it would be interesting to see yeah. those shades him go away from that and then come back to it um but we know that doesn't happen so beep boop yeah yeah beep boop um And so, yeah, they have this little, like, talk at the end, which is uh, very sweet. Um, and then it takes a nosedive right at the very end because of Winston Churchill. Boy, fuck Victory the Daleks. I'm, I'm, I'm setting up right now because it's going to be all three next week. Boy, fuck Victory the Daleks. <coughs> fuck that episode. Yeah. Okay, no, no, no. I will say there is one more thing that really pissed me off. Um they really, really say the whole, like, very old and very kind saving the children thing, like, at least too, too many times. I think it was, like, at least five that she says that same, like, round of lines. And, like, 
you just get to a point where you're just like, dude, you can you can stop. We get it. Stop, Jesus Christ. And then it stops for a minute. And people and then and, peop and people say that RTD didn't have subtlety. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, Look, the audience needs to know what they're watching. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Um yeah, that was cringe. <laughs> yeah. Um anyways, I guess moving on to ratings now. I don't know. Despite all my faults, I really like the ideas and themes of this episode, and it kind of strikes me as like a weird kind of based outlier from the rest of like Moffat's oeuvre. So I I I just really like it, man. It's 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 the the Marge Simpson. I just think it's neat meme. That's that's what this episode is for me. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's, I, we, I may have some problems with it, but I just think it's neat. So overall I'd give it about, uh, I'd say a solid B plus. No, no. Yeah. B plus, not quite an A minus. It's, 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 I think it's a definite, like, it's a good kind of, I, I hate to say filler, but like a, a good, like, not too important, just kind of standalone episode of Doctor Who. It's not anything like groundbreaking or amazing or anything, but I vibe with it. It's it's yeah, not too bad. I would echo a lot of that. This is competent uh, sci-fi. There is a lot of places where you could go, like, okay, well, what about this? But it it feels very um, shocker. I'm bringing up Star Trek again, but it feels very classic trek in that there's there's a theme or an emotion that they clearly want to get across but sometimes the narrative is just like really struggling or just really has some weird spots that if you think about it it just puts the whole episode off and i can completely get why that would be the beast below for some people um but i was really enjoying it and even though a few new flaws came up for me while we were discussing it it didn't really ruin the uh, engaging experience I had while watching it. And full disclosure, I've been stressed AF for the past couple of weeks because um, everything. Uh, but this episode was still able to like yeah. uh, distract me while also not being like mindless filler. So I think it gets some points for that. So um, I rated a kind of like a, a a scale of like b minus to b depending on how tolerant i am of bullshit that day yeah well, i'll yeah. say it's a fuck of a lot better than next week yeah um i had some major issues with the episode um i just thought like moffat's shit really came through in this one like it was just barely like like his his attempts to sort of like weave that really cringy, awkward, like old for old thing, very kind, save the children kind of thing, just it, it just really fell flat for me. And they, he really tried to push it too hard, in my opinion, which is why I liked the earlier parts of the episode when it wasn't doing that stuff as much. I I think the end of the episode really fell on its face for me. Um, overall, I'd probably say just like a seven out of ten. 
it was fine and watchable. Um, and it tried to do some things and then failed, like, most of them. And it was just okay in the end. Yeah, alright, that's fair. Um, next week, we will be watching... Uh, Victory of the Daleks by one Mark Gatiss. It's the Mark Gatiss episode of the season, everyone. And I imagine we will have a lot of bitching about that one because I have seen that episode recently and boy, it fucking stinks. Um, yeah. Uh, until then, uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at B2TardisPod. You can also support us on Patreon for a number of mm. benefits, such as early access uh, to episodes, uh, including bonus episodes, which, again, I promise we will get back to as soon as I'm not disgustingly busy. Um, the ability to listen in live to us recording episodes and potentially even the ability to guest star on an episode of your choosing. I'm Jeff. You can follow me on Twitter at WheatleyDL. I'm half Skyler, half Smiler. Teehee. It rhymes, I guess. Fuck you. You can follow me on Twitter at SkyHigh9 underscore 5. Uh, I'm Celestine. You can find me at Nihilus Panther, one of the like three other accounts. <laughs> and we will see you all next.